Hey, hello, everyone. Hi, it's everyone. us. It's time for Show and Tell, and it's me, John Park, with my co-host, Aaron. Hey, Aaron, how you doing? I'm Aaron St. Blaine. I'm excited to see everybody's projects today. Yeah, let's uh, bring on, we're going to bring on some Adafruit people and then some folks from the community to show off the projects that they're working on and, and related things uh, and try to keep it to a couple of minutes so we can get through everyone and still have time to jump on over to Ask an Engineer in a half hour. So uh, first up, we have Jepler. Good evening. So I've been working on a new feature for the CircuitPython core with the uh, Metro M7 and speaker here and an I2S board here, the Max 98357A, and we're adding support for I2S out on CircuitPython. So let me just uh, queue up a little demo here. We'll play some sounds. It's just randomly selecting one sound from a group of uh, wave files that are on the internal flash but it's using the audio mixer. So actually we could do say two sounds at once. That's a little dissonant because it's just picking them randomly. But if you really want dissonant, let's do go all the way to 12 sounds. So nice. this wow, I mean, horrible, but amazing. In CircuitPython. So um, the pull request for this is open now. And I think we'll probably be able to merge it within the next week or so. Then it'll come out in a beta version somewhere down the line. And someone who is musical, and I know we got some of those people around here in the community, I hope you'll do some fun things with this because the microcontroller works at 500 megahertz, and that means there's just a lot of horsepower to do stuff like audio mixing. So you can mix a whole bunch of samples at different uh, audio levels using the CircuitPython audio That's mixer great. and, and do other stuff like presumably you know Pixel or whatever. Is that the M7 you said? Metro? Yeah, that's the M7, that new board with the IMXRT, really powerful, although not a lot of RAM uh, board. And this is the, the pre-release version, so it's green, but the store version has some lovely artwork on it. And it will support I2S out with CircuitPython very soon. That's exciting. Oh, looking forward to having that many yes. notes to play at once. Do Did I cool. hear you playing the Little Mermaid theme on there? Yes, I think it may have been one of your um, guides that I took these samples from. There's like a whole octave of sound, and there's undersea.wave and lion.wave. So uh, I'm not nice. sure what all that my, was. my bottle castle tutorial. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I looked through Learn for wave samples that were all like the same frequency and good, um, reasonable, good quality. And yours is what I found. So thanks for that. And Thank welcome. You. Have a good debut evening here on Show and Tell as a host. Thank you so much. Thanks, Later. All right. Uh, next up, let's bring on Anne. Hello, Anne. Hello. Welcome, Aaron. Glad Thank to have you. you. Um, just two things real quick. One is I respun re my little floppy display project, and I had it printed up in a translucent uh, plastic. And uh, it turned out real nice. It's kind of frosty. Yeah. And uh, it takes LEDs fairly well. I, this diffuses uh, LEDs. I, didn't, I don't have them running right now. But um, um, it's a, just another option if uh, you like uh, the floppy form factor and being able to display stuff. Yeah. And my after hours project, I showed off trying to upgrade this uh, IBM uh, PS2 machine. Um, what I've done is there is a modern card called the um, MIC IDE. So you can put IDE devices into 
uh, PS2 that normally didn't have them. So I've got an eight gigabyte uh, SD card in there and it's emulating uh, four drives because MS-DOS only likes up to two gig and it's an eight gig card. So um, there's still a couple things I need to tweak that doesn't like the memory card very well. Um, but uh, I'm doing that. And then to get it really going, I had to replace this evil little Dallas uh, potted clock chip um, <laughs> where the, it has a battery inside, but it had died long, long ago. So fortunately, they make modern alternatives uh, in this form factor that do take a, uh, uh, a coin cell battery and uh, there's the little clock chip and crystal on the back. So uh, you can put the battery in, plug it in, and you have a real-time clock again. And if the battery were to go out again, it's replaceable. It's right? not cast into epoxy like the old one. Exactly. There, <laughs> there are cheats where people use a Dremel to Dremel uh -huh. in and cut the battery out and put a battery on top of the chip. But it's pretty laborious. You can get these online for about 30 bucks so it's Neato. worth it so that's what i got thanks ann cool, no problem thanks. all right uh aaron you want to bring on our next adafruit person sure uh do we want to bring melissa sounds great uh, hey melissa how you doing hi good so uh, i've been working on this project for a little while now it's i basically took this bear and I've replaced the insides of it with uh, like a Raspberry Pi and other things. And it's, I'm gonna go ahead and start up the little script here. So I have it so you can like uh, hear you and it like respond and uses chat GPT. So tell me a joke. Let me think about that. <laughs> So that's a little know. hard to understand, but <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it heard me say. I love how it hides. <laughs> that is really cool. So you've created uh, voice to text recognition to give it the prompt, then it runs out and chat GPTs itself a joke to tell you or, or whatever the prompt has, has asked for. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's interfacing amazing. with interfacing with the bear. Uh, what's involved there? Um, it's okay. I have a little micro USB microphone in there, and then it uses the speech recognition package to actually translate it, and then it um, sends the uh, audio over to or the the translated text over to uh, the. I I worked on this about two weeks ago. Oh, uh -oh. <laughs> uh, um, well, the one that, you know, I'll just ask the one stuck right now. The one question is, uh, as far as firing off motors to, to know that it's like in okay, thinking okay. mode or talking mode, how do you differentiate? How does it differentiate? Oh, I'm just using the little motor shield for the Raspberry Pi. And Let me think about uh, I just kind of figured out which motors it was. And then I just wrote the code to move the motors around. That's great. Oh, now it's going to tell us about the motor shield? 
<laughs> All right. We don't have to do anything else for the rest of the night other than talk to you. He should be hosting show and tell. <laughs> um, it's completely uh, wireless. Uh, so no batteries or anything. That is that's so amazing. Cool. Let me think about <laughs> <laughs> This is endlessly entertaining. <laughs> okay, I'm going to turn it off here. <laughs> you say. <laughs> I know because it's always listening. Absolutely. At least while the script is running. That oh, was okay. delightful. Thanks so much, Melissa. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm never going to recover from that. Uh, hey, how about take a breath? Uh, let's bring Lauren on. Lauren is going to talk to us about some whippersnapper things, I believe. Hi, Lauren. Hey, everybody. Yeah, I'm Lauren. I'm from the IO team. Uh, longtime listener, first time caller. Thanks. Uh, big fan. On. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a couple of months ago, we launched support for addressable LEDs, which is like NeoPixels and Dot Stars. And we had a sort of basic color picker for those back then. And just this last week, I launched a new one. So I'm going to hold my fun house up here and it's off right now. So it's got this nice brightness slider that I can drag up. And boom, it comes on. Uh, quick, quick access to a lot of colors here. Um, so it's just really, this is, this is more whippersnappery. Like it's just a, just a nice, you know, real, real quick. You just want to throw a color up real quick or, or turn it up, turn down the brightness or turn up the brightness. Right. Um, I, I think people may not know that they can turn it off by setting it to black, but now it's you just drag it all the way down and it'll go off. Um, so that's kind of cool. And then the full color picker is still available via that dropper. So you still have full full control of what you want. So yeah, uh, just a simple update. I want to keep it simple my uh, first time on and say hi and uh, show off something that I thought was kind of cool. Um, I love and of course, it. And the color rendition I'll... looks great. And, and uh, Lady Ada had mentioned to me that you had done some stuff to match color, like gamma correction between monitor and, and LEDs. Is that right? Uh, so I didn't do anything, uh, but it's, yes, I understand that work has been done. Okay. <laughs> and, it's uh, in there. Yeah. 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 Really and it, it kind of figures out the right thing. Cause yeah, the, the way things show up in real life are, is not the same as our, uh, the idealized world of our monitors uh, creating pixels. And Lauren, is this available now in release for people? This is live now. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I will, I will come on and start showing off some early stuff uh, that's not out yet uh, soon as well. This is this fun. This is really great. Love this. Uh, it makes it so easy to, for people to work on their projects remotely with that. Um, thanks for bringing that on, Lauren. Thank yeah, you. absolutely. All right. Who do we have next, Aaron? Uh, how about we bring on Liz? Right on. Hey, Liz. Hello. Uh, so tonight I've got the Robot Liar. I've been uh, talking a bit about it uh, for a couple weeks now. But, and let me know if you can hear that. Um, it is now complete and the guide's live. So I've got a little MIDI keyboard here and it's using um, a USB MIDI host uh, program on my computer. So I can play it directly. Oh, that's cool. And uh, it's running on a Feather RP2040 with Python, And then over uh, I2C with the Stemma cable is the servo motor driver. And there's uh, 16 of them. And then I can quickly send MIDI out from my DAW too. Um, let me just get to a good spot. So that's just playing from software. Wow. That's great. It's and it's pretty snappy. Um, that was like, I'd never used servos for instrument. I've only done um, solenoids before. Mm -hmm. And it's because servos I always seem a little too slow. But this, um, I was surprised how snappy it was. So definitely opens up for uh, other 
robot instruments, hopefully. Well, sounds great. Thank you. Yeah. So guys live now if anyone dares to try to make their own. <laughs> it's a great a great challenge. Go do it. Yeah. Yeah. Can have a string LED ukulele. I should have a whole robotic instrument. Yeah. Like that would be awesome. And then the bottle castle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Cool. Thanks, Liz. Thank no you problem. so much. Have a good one. Okay, uh, let's see. So I believe we've got Scott from Adafruit, and then we have a few people from the community. So I'll bring Scott on. Hello. Hey, if you if you didn't give me a warning, I was going to do I look like I'm reading a data sheet? Uh, <laughs> I'm to give you just, a, just enough warning. <laughs> I'm reading Flash data sheets. I've been working on performance on the IMX uh, RT1011, which is the M7. It's not the only chip you can get an M7 on, but it's the one that we... Uh, that we sell with it. And mm -hmm. uh, Jeff had a cool demo, but I've been working on improving performance. There's a, uh, it's a pretty big challenge because all your code lives on spy flash, which is not the fastest thing in the world. Um, it can run, you can like query it up to like a hundred megahertz maybe. Um, but your CPU itself is running at uh, 500 it's megahertz. 500, right. Yeah. So it's, it's quite the gap. Um, and so I got a, uh, I was doing some performance work. I got the performance benchmarks that we inherited from MicroPython working. And I just wanted to show you two different runs uh, of that performance benchmark that I that I just did. I'm not going to do them because they take a little while. But um, what we have here, this top one is performance benchmark as of 8.10 oh, beta 0, I think it is, whatever the current beta is. Um, and then the bottom one is the latest from the S3 like uh, builds that we have. So it's checked in. It's just not released yet. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing that I always look at is this score column. Um, first, we can see that this, this first benchmark didn't even work in the beta, and now it does. Um, so I freed up a bit more memory for, for uh, CircuitPython um, and made that work. And then we can see here that the float uh, test goes from 6,800 score um, to almost 2,600 uh, or 26,000. Oh. Um, so it's, it's a lot. It's yeah. like, I don't know what, four or five times faster. Um, the N Queens benchmark goes from 2,700 to 6,600. So about three X, um, Pi digits goes from, you know, 97 or 900 to, uh, just over 2,600. Um, so yeah, two to two to five X speed up. Um, and a lot of this was placing the core parts of uh, CircuitPython's execution in what's called tightly coupled memory, uh, which is memory that can run at the CPU speed. Mm -hmm. um, so when it starts up, it just copies all of that code into that tightly coupled memory um, so that running the VM is kind of like as fast as possible. And then, um, really leveraging there's two caches that run at cpu speed as well mm -hmm. um, and i made sure that they're both on even for going to the flash and to the regular ram so i'm um, pretty excited about that yeah. um there Speed might be thing. so um it'll be interesting to see I, i'm currently looking at flash chip speeds and if you don't hit a cache or you don't or it's not in ram you have to go out to the flash to get it um so uh if I can speed up how fast we can get things from the flash, then we'll like make the worst case uh, less bad too. So uh, I'm excited to take a take 
a glance at that and see what I can find. Thank you. We appreciate it. We're looking forward to playing around with that uh, that board as they start to. Yep. Yeah. And as Jeff said, the the uh, 11 is not great for like having a lot of RAM, but it is really, really fast. And then um, there are other chips in that family, like the 1050, the 1060, which is on the Teensy 4. Um, mm -hmm. They have lots of RAM and they're really fast. Mm -hmm. So those are great upgrades if people want to dip their toes into this M7 land, but may want more RAM than what the current Metro has. Great. Thanks, Scott. We appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for hosting. All right. Next up, uh, we'll bring on Flavio. Hello. Hi, guys. Oh. How you doing? <laughs> Good. I wanted to share this project because it was too much fun. I have to share it. <laughs> so my buddy, Ben, he he lives near a river here in Mass, Concord River. And uh, he wanted to check the height of the river as the water goes up and down. And what we're trying to do, what we're going to do is using an ultrasonic sensor. And the um, the house and the river are far apart, thankfully. So even if the river is, is high, mm -hmm. I don't think you'll damage his house. But because of the distance, we we had an excuse for using LoRa. So I created this project. I call it LoRa Ben. <laughs> and I don't know if you can see. Yeah, I can see oh. this a little bit. Right. But this is Ben's house. And this is this little gizmo I built. It, it right now is just on a cardboard box. So I'll show you in a minute. <laughs> uh, but he has a, a Laura, as you'd expect, uh, and a Feather RP2040 that I put to sleep. I use deep sleep when it's not uh, doing anything. So every 10 seconds, it puts itself to sleep, unless I press the reset button, which makes mm -hmm. it wake up. But um, And then together with that, I have a solar a little panel and a oh, battery and, and a little Dallas, uh, you know, temperature sensor. So I can just package all that. And then every 10 minutes, I just send it over and it, it works really well. And then on the other side, I have a, a just a regular Raspberry Pi with the LoRa bonnet on it. And, and from there, I can push the data through MQTT or some, something else mm -hmm. so we can actually keep it. I was, I've been experimenting with this project called Open MQTT Gateway. I don't know mm -hmm. if you ever heard of it. I, I'm still very early stages on it, but that looks like an interesting thing that I could use instead of the uh, the Raspberry Pi on this side of the mm -hmm. of the project. But uh, so yeah, so it uh, it puts itself to sleep. I know uh, I, I learned that there's a um, uh, the uh, the sleep memory on RP2040 doesn't survive the deep sleeps, so mm -hmm. I just get a, a random number when I come up. But uh, so yeah, if you share my screen. I will show you. Yeah, so this is the project, and uh, these are the little the, the components I have on it, um, and you can look at it. But then I started. This is pretty much how it started. You can see the pictures here, and then from there, I created this little board with a relay. So when uh, when I have deep sleep, I turn off everything. So even the ultrasound, ultrasonic sensor, and everything are completely off. Mm -hmm. You know, which saves a lot of battery. The battery lasts, lasts a long time. I, mean, I think over a week, you know, wow. just with the basics uh, on this thing. So, and then I'll put a reset button and you can, if you're interested, you can jump in here and get a little more details. And then I use my little trick of using this, um, this liquid electric tape to make it mm. like super sealed, Yeah, you know, because it's going to be close to the water. So it's good to have it sealed up. So, yeah, so basically, um, so I have this, this is just a connection I have to the Raspberry Pi. So I'm just going to connect to it real quick and then show you what happens 
when I press this button. <laughs> this is the little box, and I'll, I'll open and show you the inside in a minute. But basically, every 10 minutes, you will wake itself up, uh, and then you will collect the data and send. And if you can see this line here, maybe I'll make it a little bigger. But um, uh, oops, <laughs> is that readable to you guys? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so basically, I have a, a, a payload, you know, and the, the battery, I can read the battery. I, I use the, the voltage divider trick. Actually, I think Katni was the one who documented that and it works beautifully, the temperature and the distance. So that is basically it. So this is it. This is the, <laughs> this is the center. <laughs> Lucky Ben. <laughs> and um, the insides of it, it's, uh, it's, it's very there. It still have, uh, that's what my next part of the project will be like. But it's basically to package this whole thing up in a way that it's, uh, you know, more more resistant to the the outside, <laughs> the outdoor. And I think that's it. Does that make sense? It's been really fun. That's really cool. <laughs> Aaron is a kind of expert on getting these things near water and underwater. So maybe yeah? some, uh, some cool. tips at, at some point. Yeah, I've done a couple of tutorials. If you just look in the learn system, there's one about LEDs in harsh environments. So take ah. a look at that and get some tips on how to waterproof your electronics. Nice, nice. Yeah, cool. Anyways. Very cool project. Yeah, it's, it's been a blast. All right. <laughs> Thanks for sharing it. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Take care. All right, Aaron, you want to bring on our next guest? All right, we got a couple more. How about we have we bring on Sai? Hi, Sai. Hi. How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Um, so last Friday was uh, St. Patrick's Day, so I decided to build a board in the shape of a clover leaf. Um, so it has an RP2040 microcontroller on it, and it has a Bosch um, a BME688 uh, uh, environmental sensor. Um, so since, uh, uh, at least, like, since I'm not Irish, my only, uh, you know, knowledge of uh, St. Patrick's Day is all the, uh, you know, the partying in Chicago. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I use the BME 688 sensor to actually classify um, um, alcohol odors. Um, mm -hmm. So the Bosch sensor, sensor actually comes with something called the BME AI desktop. Um, so you can train the sensor to actually classify um, different types of alcohol. So um, I was able to like um, distinguish uh, bourbon from a bottle of acetone, um, mm -hmm. and it was really good at it. Like once the sensor stabilizes, it can actually classify one from the other. That's impressive. The idea, yeah, and the idea there was you could wear this as a lapel pin um, and <laughs> cover it uh, using a lipo battery. Um, I also wanted to add a camera to this board. Um, uh, the idea is that once it detects the al like you know one alcohol or the other, it would give um, haptic uh, feedback. But the board house uh, that, that I was working with didn't necessarily have um, the connectors for the camera. So next mm -hmm. month, I do plan to finish this project by soldering the camera connector and like getting like facial recognition and things like that working wow. on this board as well. <laughs> that is as something else. As you walk in the bar, the bartender will know you're there and can make your drink out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you. That's all I had. <laughs> that's that's really impressive. Pretty Thanks cool. so much. Tonight. Yeah, looking forward to seeing the next iterations of that. Bring it back. I will. I will. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. 
Oh, all right. Uh, last up, uh, I'll bring on Paul. Uh, I'll bring on Paul. Hello. Oh. Hi, Paul. A little echo. echo. Hi, Paul. Hi, Aaron. Hi, JP. So I wanted to share an update on my remote control project that I've been building. So I'm a big into music, and I've got a pair of speakers on my desk. I'll kind of tilt this up. So big speaker, about nine inches tall. And I've got a ESP32 S2 reverse TFT. And I know the quality is bad. You can't see it on the screen. But what it does is the three buttons change the different sources. So I can change it from CD to vinyl to radio. And there's a rotary encoder on, on the side as well, right, right on this side, where I can mute it by pressing the button or change the volume up and down. What's really exciting for me is with a little help from the Adafruit Discord this morning, I rewrote it to use async I.O. I've never used async I.O. So it's doing all these tasks asynchronously so they don't block when I change the volume right. or change the input. They're all right. capturing everything. So the, uh, whoops. Yeah. Oops. Sorry. We're having, Sorry. I'm having technical difficulties over here. There we go. Uh, so you're doing uh, so input source switching with uh, transistors or relays? Transistors or relays? Um, the Denon receivers actually, you can have a Telnet connection. So I can use CircuitPython to connect over serial or wow. Telnet wow. and to send it the, the, the commands that are built into the, into the receiver. So it's pretty slick that way. That's great. So it's all yeah. of the wireless That's network. Yeah. That's it. That's very cool. Thanks so much, Paul. I appreciate you bringing Thanks that so on. Much, it's like a really good project. Let us know if you end up writing that up anywhere. End up writing that up anywhere. We'll do. I'll link to the to the GitHub repo. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. All right, now I'm echoing all over the place. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much for co-hosting with me. That was a lot of fun. A lot of cool projects. Uh, thanks to everyone for bringing those on. And we're gonna give you a few minutes to go grab a snack before it's time for Ask an Engineer. Thanks for coming, everybody. Thanks for watching. This is always such a really fun show, and I love seeing what everybody's working on. Bye-bye.